Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you download our free Living Truth app. Now, here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 through 18, called, The Walls Fall Down in Christ. Take your Bible, please. Open it to Ephesians chapter 2. We'll be looking at a message called, The Walls Fall Down in Christ. Ephesians 2, we're going to be looking at verses 11 through 18, but before we go there, We'll backtrack for a moment earlier, earlier in chapter 2. So Ephesians 2, the walls fall down in Christ, or you could call this message tonight, He is our peace. Jesus is our peace. Father, thank you for the people that have come tonight. Thank you that they are hungry to know you better. Thank you for the new community of the church. It is a new community of saints, alive from the dead, brought into the kingdom of light, and here to shine for you. And Lord, we do that as we glorify the head, Jesus Christ, and as we love one another. Sounds simple, but it can be very difficult, especially when we're operating in our flesh. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, and everything from that preeminent fruit flows, peace and joy and long-suffering and patience and kindness and gentleness. All those things that we want to be flow from the fruit of love and, and that can only come as a byproduct of the overflowing presence of your spirit in the community of saints. So Father, tonight as we look at your holy word, we want to be what you've called us to be. And that's only really going to happen as each part of the body is surrendered to the head who is Christ working in unity to glorify the head. So I pray tonight for each of us, Lord, as we look at this message, that you would speak to us about our part in this great expression of yourself through your church. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So Paul in Ephesians 2.1 says, and you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, Ephesians 2.2, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Now, a lot of what's coming out in Ephesians is this idea of the new community of saints or the church. And the church is distinct from the world. Augustine wrote about the city of God and the city of man. And he said there was a distinction between the two and And the obvious distinction is one is ruled by God and the other is ruled by man. And we've talked a little bit about humanism uh, recently, and we know humanism is man-centered, and of course the church is supposed to be God-centered. The new community, the phrase that we continue to see in the book of Ephesians is we are in Christ, called out of the world, called into Christ, but called for a purpose. And the purpose is found in verse 10 of Ephesians 2. We the church, we collectively are his workmanship. Now, before that, Paul celebrated the grace of God. He wanted to make sure we understand that we're saved by grace through faith alone and Christ alone, plus nothing. It is not by works. We emphasized that a couple Wednesdays ago. And then he, we left off with this last verse. We are, we the church, are his workmanship. And we dug out the word poema there. And we talked about how we get our English word poem from that, 
but it really means every, anything that could be a work of art. It could speak of a, a statue. It could speak of a painting. It could speak of something that an artist creates. And we talked about, I talked about my wife. And I said, my wife is an artist. She studied graphic design at Cal State Fullerton, worked hard to get her degree while she was working another job. And, and she got her degree in graphic design. And a lot of the graphics that you see around the church are hers. And she's done paintings and stuff like that. So I quickly ran to my artist's wife and I said, honey, when you're creating one of your works of art, I can only do stick figures, but she does all this beautiful stuff. What is it that you're trying to accomplish? And you remember what she said to me? She said, without hesitation, it is self-expression. When I do something, when I create a work of art, I'm expressing myself through it. But she says, but don't stop there. In order to get a response from those who experience the art, to have them experience that, to have them, in essence, experience her. And so I connected that to the idea that we are God's workmanship. And I said that I think it's very safe to say that one of the main ideas of Ephesians 2.10 is that God wants to express himself through the church to the world. What does he want to say? Well, he's prepared us. If you look at the rest of verse 10, it says, Uh, We are his workmanship. We've been created, and we talked about recreated in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we collectively should walk in them. And so the, the main good work that the church is to reflect in the world is to express Jesus Christ to the world. It's not just the city of God and the city of man. It's the city of the dead and the city of the living. See, the Bible makes no bones about the fact that those who are outside of Christ are dead in trespasses and sins. Now, they're not literally physically dead, but they're dead in the things of the Spirit, separated from God. Death means separation. And and that separation doesn't just stop with um, the separation from God, but, but it runs through separation from people. When you're, have you noticed, when your vertical relationship is right with God, your horizontal relationships tend to follow. When your vertical relationship with God is wrong, your horizontal relationships tend to follow. And so the church has now been made right with God. We've been reconciled to God, and we are the city of the living. We are alive in Jesus Christ, transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light, and we are to be a city set on the hill, shining the light of the gospel. That's what the church is supposed to be about. Why do you think that the enemy comes in and tries to divide the church? So that we might not be a light to the world. We are supposed to be the city of the living. Jesus made this clear in John chapter 10. Let's go there for a second. And this will reveal the heart of the spiritual battle. John 10. So you've got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Look at John 10, verse 10. After Jesus describing himself as the door to be saved, John 10, verse 10, he says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they might have life and might have it abundantly. Now, a lot of us learn John 10.10b. I came that they might have life and have it abundantly, but we, we often didn't hear part A of that verse. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. And by the way, his work does not stop once you become one of the sheep of God. Have you noticed that? The devil goes about as a roaring lion seeking someone to devour, 1 Peter 5.8. Who's that written to? The church. 
So once we are alive in Jesus Christ, we still have an enemy. And the enemy is a liar and a deceiver and a divider. And he knows that one of his main weapons is if he can take the city of the living, the new community of God, and somehow make us look like the city of the dead. In other words, make us look no different from the world. This is what he's been up to for 2,000 years, ever since the church had its beginning. If he can make us look like the world, then the world's going to say, why in the world (laughs) would I want to join that kind of thing? But they're looking. John 13, 34 and 35 Jesus says these words, familiar to, I think, most of us, a new commandment I give to you, not a suggestion, that you love one another even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, John 13, 35, by what? By this love that you have for one another that reflects my love. How many people? All men will know that you are my disciples. You remember when in Acts chapter 4, when Peter and John showed that boldness before the Sanhedrin and they took note as having been with Jesus? Well, that's in essence what Jesus is saying here. I want you to reflect my love to the world. And John 13 is in the last 24 hours of Jesus' life. And he wraps it up in John 17 as he prays for the church. Look with me. John 17, start at verse 20 his great high priestly prayer, praying for the church right before Judas comes to betray him. He says, John 17, 20, I do not ask in behalf of these alone, but for those also who believe in me through their word, that they may be one, John 17, 21, even as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee, that they also may be in us, that what? that the world may believe that thou did send me. Do you see what's at stake in our unity? What's at stake in our unity is whether or not the world will believe that the Father sent the Son. That's a pretty radical call. Now, keep reading. Verse 23, I in in them and thou in me, that they may be perfected in unity. That implies that it's going to be a process. Praise God that the world may know, he repeats it again in his prayer, that the world may know, the onlookers, the city of the dead, that thou didst send me and did love them even as thou didst love me. That's amazing. That the world may know. Now look at verse 26. And I have made thy name known to them and will make it known to them, or will make it known, that the love, and this is the key, I think, to the whole thing, that the love, you might want to circle that word, wherewith thou didst love me, may be in them and I in them. Several times in the section, Jesus says that the world is going to know that this new community is legit if they reflect what Jesus did on the earth. Now, Jesus was bold in the face of the religious hypocrisy, He was truthful to those who sinned. He would say, I don't condemn you, but go and sin no more. And he was also incredibly focused on serving and loving others. And that is where the church begins to be a light to the world because that's not really the way of the world. There are a few exceptions. There are some community groups that try to do some good things, Ephesians chapter 2. But in the end, oftentimes the the, um, foundation has their name on it, right? And it's a tax-deductible enterprise. But the church does the things that it does for the honor and glory of the head. 
We are the community of the living. We are the community of life, of light and life. And God wants to express himself through us. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. Producer Rob Newton here, and on behalf of Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team, thank you so much to our financial and prayer partners. Whether you have given a one-time donation or you have become a monthly partner, you have contributed to our mission to reach out with God's truth to all people and helping listeners like you apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You've heard that before, right? Well, we mean it. Thanks to our financial partners, we have added three new radio stations this year. Our prayer is to bless our new listeners the way we have hopefully been a blessing to you. If you're a longtime listener, would you please consider becoming a $5 a month partner? That may not seem like much, but every little bit makes it possible for us to continue our broadcasts, podcasts, and free apologetic events. Please become a partner giving at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com to donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. Ephesians chapter 2. But in the end, oftentimes the, the um, foundation has their name on it, right? And it's a tax-deductible enterprise. But the church does the things that it does for the honor and glory of the head. We are the community of the living. We are the community of life of light and life, and God wants to express himself through us. And it's not just one of us. It's not just the person that talks in the front. It's the person that may be greeting at the door. It's the person that's in the supermarket and meets maybe uh, an unsafe person or a person that's been away from the church for a long time. See, this word we is a collective word. God expresses himself through the entire body. He's the head, but he expresses himself through all of us. We all have a part to play. And Ben, you know, Sunday preached to us about not coming short of the blessings of God, not keeping our spiritual gifts on the shelf, as it were. Now, we are to be the people of God, but we know that sin separates, and we know that even though we are saints in the light, we still have a sin problem. We can see it in Genesis 3 and 4. After the uh, fall chapter in Genesis 3, You remember what happens? There's offspring born and Cain rises up and does what? He kills his brother. Why did he kill him? Because there was some jealousy going on. Why is your offering acceptable and mine not? Right? And his solution to the problem wasn't, hey, maybe we should talk about this. Maybe I should revisit my heart and see, you know, if things aren't going right in my own vertical relationship with God. No, what he did was kill his brother. How many times has that been repeated throughout the history of the world? Does it happen in the church? Sometimes, you know, it's not the physical act, but it can be done through gossip. It can be done through different ways. Sin separates. 
But when our relationship with God is right vertically, then good things follow. Look at what Paul says in Ephesians 4, verse 1. As he transitions out of this is who you are to this is what you should do, he says, I therefore, in light of all this truth, the prisoner of the Lord, 4.1, entreat you, I beg you, to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. Notice what he says. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing forbearance to who? To one another, that's the church, in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Unity takes diligence. It has to be preserved. We have already got it. We're already the family of God. But have you noticed that it takes some work to keep families unified? It does. So you got to be diligent to preserve the unity. For there's one body, verse 4, Ephesians 4, and one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all, of all who is over all and through all and in all. And then Paul will talk about the body, which we'll, come, we'll deal with in future chapters. But you can see the point. The called out ones called into the community of the living. How are we doing? How are we reflecting that to the world? Are they seeing the difference? I mean, this is obviously the hugest issue that probably the church has to deal with is whether or not we truly reflect this new community status with which we have been positioned by God. We've got it. We're saved by grace. But does it come out in the life of the church is the question. Therefore, remember, this is Ephesians 2.11. This is our starting point. Therefore, remember, that was all preamble. (laughs) That formerly, you, the Gentiles in the flesh, and if you see the word Gentile, it just means a non-Jew, anybody who is not Jewish. Therefore, remember that formerly, you, the Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by the so-called circumcision. Now, the Gentiles were called the uncircumcised. The Jews were called the circumcision, which is performed in the flesh by human hands. Let's start with the idea of therefore, remember. Remember that you are his workmanship. Remember that you're the new community. Remember that we're supposed to be a kingdom of light. Therefore, remember. And also remember who you were formerly. Now, sometimes we we emphasize verses that say, I'm not looking back. I'm looking forward. I'm pressing on. That's true. There are good verses there. But there are also verses, especially this one in particular, that talk about it's not bad to look back to remember who you were before you knew Jesus Christ. It's something, it's something to be thankful about. Remember that, remember, was it, was it Prince, the artist formerly known as Prince? Well, I'm the man formerly known as Michael Lance who lived a certain way. But that's not me anymore. I'm formerly known that way. Paul was formerly known as Saul, devastator of the church. People questioned him big time, questioned his conversion. It took the son of encouragement, remember, Barnabas, to to make him feel like he fit, to, to bring him into the community of saints. The Bible does call us to remember. Remember what God's done for you before you came to Christ. Think of what your life would be like now had you not come to Christ. 
Think of it. It's an ugly thought for some of us. Because I was headed for disaster in so many different ways. And God called me to himself. And I was a Gentile in the flesh. But he called me. And this idea of uncircumcision was a derisive term. As a matter of fact, circumcision being the sign of the Abrahamic covenant was a separator. For the Jews, it became not just merely a sign of the covenant, the Abrahamic covenant from Genesis 17. It became a issue of spiritual pride. Oh, you uncircumcised so-and-so. That was their term of derision. That was a way to say, you're a heathen, man. You've been listening to The Walls Fall Down in Christ, Part 1 on Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael's teaching in Ephesians 2, 11 through 18. Don't forget, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Walk in Truth is on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and we'd love to connect with you. It's great to meet our listeners, and not everyone can visit the church here in Corona, California, although we recommend you do. But either way, please connect with Walk in Truth on social media. And thanks. Now here's Pastor Michael. Well, Ephesians 2, 11 through 18, the walls fall down in Christ is so relevant for today because the question of racism is certainly uh, at the forefront of so much that's going on in the culture. And, you know, we would be quick to say that there that there is one race, the human race. Now, in the ancient world, the, the division among humanity, at least from a biblical worldview, was between Jew and Gentile. And and there was a lot of tension in the early church between Jews and Gentiles. But we have been reconciled into one new man, Jew, Gentile, slave-free, male, female. We're all one in Christ. And we could say today, black, brown, yellow, white, whatever color you are, we are one new man. We've been reconciled in Christ. And God forgive us for the divisions that are happening in the church as a result of the amount of melanin in your skin. It just should not be so. And it's sad. And we need to be part of the solution, of course. But we also need to expose that which is false. And when we make these distinctions between people and begin to judge one another by the color of our skin, um, one of the, the dangers out there today is critical race theory. Because what it does is it makes judgments on people based upon their skin and not their heart. It judges them by the cover instead of the content. And so that's why Ephesians 2, 11 through 18 is so important to understand. We've been reconciled. And since we've been reconciled to one another, help us, Lord. This is a prayer. Help us, Lord, to live that out. And let the walls fall down between brothers and sisters in Christ and even, you know, people in the community because we all come from one creator, from one blood, uh, one man, one woman. That's Adam and Eve, Acts 17. Paul makes that very clear. And so um, my prayer is that Ephesians 2, 11 through 18 would be a chapter that we know well to know we're already reconciled to one another. We just got to live it out by the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, we've been telling you about a special event coming up. It's a 633 event, a Sunday night apologetics evening where we break from the normal Bible teaching and we t- tackle a topic, a hot topic, 
and look at it from the standpoint of the Bible and bringing light to it. And we have a special guest coming on August 22nd, Pastor Christian Ionescu. He's a Romanian immigrant. He fled to the United States as a religious refugee, pastor in Chicago of a Pentecostal church that uh, went through some tough stuff in Chicago. And uh, he has a story to tell, but but the most important thing I think he's going to do is clarify what communism, Marxism, socialism are, what they do, what they produce. He's going to warn us that he sees similar things happening in our country that happened in Romania before they shifted over to a communist uh, government. That's our 633 event, August 22nd. It's happening at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona, 1009 Arsenal Way. And uh, you can find out more when you go to walkintruth.com. You can also watch this live stream on our YouTube channel, but it'd be better if you'd be here in person. And if you need more uh, info, call 844-48-TRUTH during normal business hours, Tuesday through Friday, 844-48-TRUTH. Hey, keep this night in prayer. We're excited about it. And uh, God bless you. We'll talk to you tomorrow. And one more reminder that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. Thanks to listeners and church partners like you, we're now on three more radio stations. So praise God about that. Hey, if you're a longtime listener, please become a partner of at least $5 a month. You can visit walkintruth.com to donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. And join us tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael Lance's teaching in Ephesians 2, 11 through 18, called The Walls Fall Down in Christ. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.